Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Alright guys, last time you remember we were midway through talking to Ben Beaumont from 48.3 Scaffold Design based out of London, United Kingdom. Ben was delivering some fantastic insights on how he had systemized his business and achieved wild growth based on that systemization. Let's pick up where we left off guys and dive straight in. When you find yourself with your head down so much, and obviously we, you find that you've been hit by this roller coaster of Christ, I've got, I've got this first member of staff, and look at all these post-it notes on my desk. What am I going to do to translate that into some kind of system? How do I possibly make sense of all this? You know, how how best? How, well, how did you find you went about that? How did you go around that? So when you are time poor, and you're obviously bearing that quote in mind focusing on your systems how did you manage to find that time to start to introduce those systems i guess that's probably the better question thinking about it it's the first thing i did yeah exactly so it's about being efficient how can i be most efficient and i thought okay so i know i need to be concentrating on my income generating tasks everyone who knows will tell you that uh good in business will tell you focus on your income generating tasks and we'll maybe come back to that in a minute because that wasn't that's not the answer to the question you asked the answer to the question I asked would be, I focused on, and, and, and the first thing I attacked, if you like, was the things I didn't like doing because I wanted to get those off my work schedule. Um, and one of the first things I did was employ a bookkeeper because I, when you're doing all your own accounts day in, day out, I, I just don't like doing my own accounts. Quite frankly, I prefer spending my time on doing stuff I enjoy, and that's not one of them. So the, I had this priority to get my, I thought, you know what, I need to get someone in to do this and help me with this. So that means I need a much more efficient process of um, cataloging our hours, managing our quotes and relating that to raising invoices and chasing payments and doing that whole process. And I wanted to give that to my bookkeeper and keep and, and get her involved with doing that thing. And, and that was, I think, the, the first thing I focused on because I didn't like doing it. Um, so after that, after seeing, thinking, okay, what don't I like doing every day? And, and the reason was because you're not motivated to do that thing and you don't like doing it, it takes you longer and you put it off and you procrastinate about it. And it's just really, really inefficient. And it becomes like, oh my God, I've got to do that again. Oh, it's time to do that. Oh, you, do you know, you know what I mean? It just surrounds it in this shroud of negativity. And as soon as you can get it off your plate, you can't, it's liberating, you know, and that's the word that you use, and it is. It's very liberating to be able to pass that over. So if you can focus on the stuff you don't like, that's a real good thing. And there's aspects of everyone's business that you just don't like doing that are a necessity, like your tax return at the end of the year, right? Small business owner, especially if you're a sole trader, doing that, no one likes it. Great people have got that systemized. Don't have to worry about it. So I'd say that wasn't the first thing uh, we focused on. The next thing we focused on was the income generating tasks really I, I figured that okay the tasks that we, we're a service-based provision uh, a service-based company providing a, a, a service provision based on an hourly rate so a lot of people could relate to that solicitors accountants I guess you guys have an hourly rate 
don't you? We do indeed. Yeah. So you you know that kind of thing. I thought, okay, if I the certain tasks attract a certain hourly rate, and there is a certain value attached to doing those tasks, and if I can make myself more efficient at doing those, I can do two things. I can one pass that uh, cost saving on to my clients, create a competitive advantage in my own marketplace, and two, become more profitable myself. So that was the second point of the te- uh, focus. I, 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 And there was no real logic to re- choosing the, the, the things I didn't like over this. I guess if you're going to choose something first, you might choose this first. It makes more sense. But that was the next thing we chose. And I started looking at our income generating tasks. How can I make the stuff we do every day that we charge for more efficient? And we maybe talk about some practical examples of that later on. But that was the next thing we spoke about. And then I guess after that, it was um, things that maybe were on the periphery of my expertise. So things like uh, SEO, things like web building, media, marketing, um, control of documents, project management, quality assurance, all these kind of things that I guess are not actually to do with the, they are related to the design of scaffolding, but they're not. The design of scaffolding is about providing a solution to a specific problem. And that solution is an amalgamation of lots of different factors, but in creating that solution and then delivering that solution as a service provision, those things like project management, quality assurance, service delivery, marketing, SEO, web development, news stories, all this kind of stuff, um, is, is kind of all bundled around the periphery of, of your service provision. And I don't really know, profess to know anything about a lot of those things. I know some, and I've learned some over the years and stuff, but focusing on them and allowing, putting a good system in place to, to deal with those, and that might be utilizing ex, external expertise, or it might be bringing someone in to, to, to um, you know, with specific expertise in those areas, or just reading something and getting some great information about something and then applying that in a way that you can continue to use going forward. Um, that That's really good because it, it kind of, it, again, it's a bit like the one way where it, if you don't like doing it, if you don't know how to do it, you can sometimes put it off um, and, and procrastinate about it. So again, that, I'd say those are the three main things we focused on in kind of in that order, I think. I think, no matter the industry, no matter the sector, no matter the niche, or even the size of the business, you know, I think a lot of people can draw a hell of a lot from that because they're all things that we can all improve upon, regardless of how good we are already. And that's what I find really interesting about this systematic approach. We spoke about it earlier, didn't we, in the pre-interview chat where we were saying that, look, as a business owner, you do the work, you develop, you delegate, you do the work, you develop, you delegate. And it's this perpetual cycle of just becoming more and more optimized as a business isn't it you never mm-hmm. really need to stop doing absolutely. that. absolutely and yeah one of the absolutely. interesting things as well that, that we touched upon is that increasing profitability that you find when you do start to do this so how has this systematic approach helped your profitability as a business then okay i'd say there's probably three things there um there's three direct things and then there's other things that are just byproducts i'd say just by having a great system in place helps you do things quicker and more efficiently. So if you can maintain a certain standard, but do it quicker and more efficiently, that is by definition going to make you more profitable, provided that you have this, this time or 
that you then save, you put to good use, obviously. Um, so that's the first thing. The next thing is if you put a great system in place, you can. It, it's a tool to maintain quality through a consistent process. And if you work on that process and work on that system to ensure that it delivers the best possible service provision you can um, that you, the, and the standard that you want, you can instill that system into anyone who's doing it um, and they will then, by using the system, achieve your level of quality that you want. And it's just, you know, it's it, it's just like training someone in the way that to do something as you want it. Everyone's heard of that phrase, if you want something doing right, do it yourself, right? Everyone's heard of that phrase. Well, the irony is, if you want doing something doing right, build a fantastic system, build a great process, and then train someone properly to do it, and then empower them to do it, and let them get on with it, and trust them, because... That will then let that will then ensure it gets done right, and you can sit back and do something else, you know. Um, so I, I'd kind of, I'd kind of um, adapt that quote a little bit um, to, to a, for this application because I think I think that can be really important. So that's number two: quality through a consistent process. Um, and number three, it would enable the person with the lowest possible skill set to carry out that function. Um, by using the system and employing the system. So if you've got something that's quite technical and challenging to do, but you can create a really nice system that's clear to follow, it will enable someone, not necessarily with that technical skill, to follow the system and build and, and do the job. A great example of that, look at, um, look, take some IKEA flat pack furniture, Mark. If you've got, a, if you've got this, if you wanted to build this set of shelves, Without a set, without a set of instructions, you'd probably figure it out. You wouldn't do it as quick as the person that designed the shelves for IKEA and that thought about it in the first place. But you, you might get there in the end. But lo and behold, they provide this great system called the instruction book that enables you, the person with no skills in making shelves, to put this flat pack furniture together and create a usable object. And that it's kind of in the same vein, right? You're just creating a great set of instructions with a clearly defined process that enables anybody, virtually anybody, maybe with just some good generic skills, communication, soft skills, typing ability, whatever it is, um, to do that task. So this kind of links to, um, again, something someone once said to me, if you can have the person with the lowest possible skill set carrying out that function, then that person is done might sound harsh, but it's the person on the lowest possible wage executing the highest possible value task. So your your resource utilization for that specific person is really, really high because you invested in the system. Um, And it allows your more skilled staff or your more technical staff, the ones that are uh, more valued, that you pay more, that that are, are worth more to you, to actually concentrate on other things, uh, maybe even more technical tasks or maybe more bespoke ta- tasks that are more hard to systemize. So they would be the three things, doing things quicker, maintaining quality through a consistent process, and enabling a person with the lowest skill set to carry out that function. 
I think that's really vital as well. I think when you, again, back to what we said earlier, when you roll those three things up, it, it allows you as the business owner, as the MD, to carry out tasks that are much more valuable to the business. And and you've mentioned it. We, we spoke for the listeners out there. We spoke previously about the particular topic that we were going to discuss with Ben. And it was one of the big things that came out of, of what you said, Ben, was, look, your time is now freed up and you can work work on, not in your business, which is that it's that big change from being a person with a business to being a business person. And I think that is so, so vital. And to be honest, I'm not sure that we realize that we need to do that as quickly as we should do. I certainly didn't. I mean, I don't think people really understand what often I first, when I first thought about this, I didn't really understand the difference between on, not in. Um, If you're working on your business, you're improving it. You're improving the processes. You're improving the, the way you operate or anything that relates to your efficiency, anything that relates to your quality of service, anything that might gain you better clients or new custom. You're working on the business. If you're working in the business, you're literally carrying out the tasks to fulfill a service. And that's the difference. And when you start out on your own, you have to do both, right? But when you, um, when you start to grow or when you introduce these kind of systems, you can systemize the working in bit so that you can do the working on bit. Um, and, and that's really important. I'd say one thing, as one thing, Mark, as well. <clears throat> Lots of people say that, I mean, I talk to people that own their own business and they oh, I just don't have any time. You know, I just I don't get to play sport anymore. I don't go see my friends anymore. I, I don't watch football. I don't see my kids. Um, all this kind of stuff. The irony, and I, I wouldn't necessarily put this down to systemization alone. I put it down to two things, but one of them is systemization. I leave the house every morning when it's dark before my kids get up. No problem. But every day I can leave the house. I come home from work in time to see my kids before they go in the bath so I can do that. Having a great systems in place at work gives me enough confidence that I can leave, leave the people, my team doing the job to know that I don't have to stay to ensure things get done. Um, so the system and combine that with trust and empowerment of my staff and, um, and giving them the resources to do it means that you get that, that time that you didn't have before. And, and if time is important, important to you and how you want to use it, whether that be just go seeing your friends, going back to see your family, going doing something relaxing, then the, the systemization or the process building within your company can actually give you that. And, and that's a really key link to make. One of the really good byproducts of that as well, I love the point that you make about the empowerment of the staff because you know what it's like you, you strive to build a great team and you, you choose the finest people and you wish you wish to retain them for as long as you possibly can and build this profitable happy relationship with each and every one of them and that empowerment is such a vital role in that relationship and their own personal development isn't it because if you constantly keep hold of everything and you are trying to run your own systems because that's how you would do it then you're never going to give that empowerment. So that's not only vital for you as a business owner or an MD, but it's vital for them as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. No one likes to be micromanaged. No one does. Um, and, you know, if you can if you can give them the resource, in this case a, a, a system, and then say, you know what, you go and do that and do it really well 
and I've got the confidence in you to go and do it and do it really well, then they'll, then people will invariably step up to the mark and do it. I mean, <clears throat> the, another kind of a quote someone said to me once, I think I read it. Did I read it? Or did I, I can't remember. The memory of quotes. So you read so many, right? Um, build your business every day like you're going to sell it. Um, even if you've no intention of ever selling your business, you want to keep it for the rest of your life. But if you built it every day like you're going to sell it, then that would have some really positive effects for you, um, on, on your business. So what what does that mean? Well, your business is more dependable. Is more sorry. Is more valuable if there is less dependency on you or one specific key member, and you can reduce that dependency on you or your key member by building processes and systems that empower other people to do it, or the lowest denomination of your uh, staff to do it, you know? The other great thing is that the system and the, the process is, embodies what you do, because if you create it, and you can create it in your way, with your ethos, with your mission, with your values, and then by your team then using that system, they embody your ethos and mission and values as well. And it's a way of the processes and systems actually defining what your team do and then your team actually deliver your service in the way that you want it doing. So you can totally eliminate this if you want something doing right, do it yourself feeling, uh, thought process just by, you know, by um, kind of investing in, in your systems, which is, which is brilliant. It's brilliant. And, if, the other thing, you know, you, you, you just said that um, the byproduct of it is empowering your staff. If you actually develop a system, a great systems, you force, you force yourself to delegate your tasks. And this is what, if, if you're going to build your business every day like you intend to sell it, you are forced to delegate your tasks to other people, using your systems and empowering them to do it and trusting them to do it. You're forced to do that. So if you're going to actually take that on as your mantra, you you force yourself to actually empower, delegate. And empowerment is such a great thing for your staff. If you can come up with a great, you know, figure out how to empower your staff to do a job, you'll see their level of motivation, loyalty, and willing just skyrocket because they want to do it and they feel like they're making a difference. And, and that's just that's just fantastic. It's the ultimate as an employee, isn't it? Like you said, no one likes to be micromanaged, and likewise, no one likes to really turn up at work feeling as if they're not contributing. It's one of the biggest... Um, I spoke to Louisa Harrison-Walker, actually, on episode three, I believe. Check it mm -hmm. out. And we did. We spoke about it. I read it. It was really good. Oh, good. Thank you. It was actually quite an inspiring episode for me because it's... You know, she works in that environment of, of especially the millennials, um, and one of the biggest things that came out of their research into the millennial generation and what really annoys them about working was the fact that they believe their voice isn't heard. They don't have that empowerment. So if you can give that to them, everything else kind of falls into place. And it's it's amazing how, you know, recruitment, HR, suddenly is tied to systems, which ties to profitability. It's amazing how everything just has this positive knock-on, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... Staff management, and I mean, that, that is a whole other topic, but in this context, it can have a really positive effect because, like I say, it forces you to do it and it forces you to empower your staff and they feel valued. Everyone wants to feel valued. Everyone wants to feel 
like they're an important member of the team. And that's one of the things we try to do at 48.3. It's make sure that everybody, it's, and it's true, they are absolutely critical components of the of the team, you know, and, and without every single one of them, it wouldn't work. But if you never tell them that, or you never allow them to fulfill that potential, and never allow them to do that job, they will never feel like that. And feeling like that is the most important thing because emotion, emotional drivers are far more are far more effective than any kind of a logical driver or financial driver. If you actually want to do it because you enjoy it, then you've, you've, you're really onto a winner. Yeah, I entirely agree with that. And I think, you know, that that's so important for anyone listening out there, especially one that's so busy and, you know, does suffer from that time poorness where sometimes you feel as if you can't do that. I read a quote, um, when was it? Last week, I think. And I, I, again, you, just like you, you read that much and you hear that much. It was, I think it was Mayor Angelou that said it or someone similar. And it was, if someone can do the job 70% as well as you can, delegate it to them. And it's that's really liberating mm-hmm. for me. You know, I mean, 70%, I would have thought, bloody hell, 90, 95 and that is so controlling. That's micromanagement. That's keeping hold of your baby. If you can let that go, it's so liberating. And it just, not only does it empower them, but it frees you up to do so much more. It's so, so powerful. Absolutely. I mean, there's two things you just said there. It frees you up and empowers you to do more. I heard a great um, a great, a great um, simile about how you, how you kind of, how you consider the people in your team and they likened it to an orchestra now when you are just one just one person in a business you fulfill all the roles in the orchestra and you are responsible for the audience hearing fantastic music or your clients getting a great service you play them instruments you conduct and you write the music but really once you have found some great musicians you can give the playing of the music to them and let them get on with playing and you just do the conducting, i.e. the managing of the staff. And then when you find a great manager and you put those systems and support mechanisms in place, you can let that manager get on with doing the conducting of the musicians and you can step back into a composer role and actually start doing the higher level stuff that is really, really valuable. And that's and that's where the leadership comes, right? That's the, That sets the this business strategy for your company that defines what your company is all about it it defines your ethos and your mission and your values and what direction you're going to take and you know not not nothing in that analogy is more important than the uh, composer but every single part is important right because if you took away any single part of it the audience wouldn't hear the music so You've got to, you've got to, um, you know, keep that in mind. Um, but it, it, but it's clever because it allows you to just, just think about how you can step away from the call face, so to speak, but still keep delivering the service. And ultimately, it's much more enjoyable for you as a business owner. I mean, you set out in business to create a business. The more that you continue to be that composer and you continue to keep hold of everything, the less you are doing what you set out to achieve, because everything. Absolutely. Your effectiveness is just mm-hmm. hugely diluted, isn't it? So I, I love that analogy. It's really, really interesting. No, you're right. And you know what? You know what, Mark? When you've got the time, you can go still. What it does, this situation, is gives you choice. You then have the choice 
to go in and do the bits of the job that you like doing because or you don't do any of it and you can just keep let, let it all work and let your team do the job for you or you can go in and do the bits you like and that's real good because you there's, there's certain aspects of my job that I really really get a, a great buzz and satisfaction from I love working with the design guys in the office I love it I like seeing their creativity I like seeing their problem solving I like coming up with great solutions but I don't physically have to draw those solutions out in AutoCAD anymore or physically get into the calculation side of it um, anymore. I can and I still do, um, but I choose when I want to do it. Or if I can't do it because of other work pressures or other things we're working on, then I have total 100% confidence in my team to deliver that because they're really good at it and they're, you know, they're, they're really great at what they do and they've got the support and and they know they can ask if they've got a problem. So it, it is liberating and it feels, it, it enables you to have a really nice choice that which when you're just on your own without any of those systems and processes in place, you simply don't have. It's the living the dream, isn't it? It's why we set business up. You know, we get to where we get. And I love the idea of choice. Yeah, we do have to do a few years of getting our head down and doing the 15-hour days in the pyjamas and being everything to everyone. But actually, we do that so that we can live our own personal dream. And when you get to the point that you can turn up and do what you like, that's success for me. That you know, that I think that's really a vital component look, of happiness for anyone. Look, the successful people, Mark, and you know this, ever, never stop working. They never stop working. They just do different stuff. They just return, turn their attention to different tasks tasks that you weren't weren't able to turn your attention to before and, and that's what it's all about you still <laughs> we still do the 10 15 hour everyone does a 10 hour day but you still do the 15 hour day and the weekend nights and all that kind of stuff but you're kind of doing challenging stuff and cool stuff and things that you really enjoy you know that 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 make work not like work and when work's not like work it isn't work. I think that you've just absolutely 100% caught me off guard with that because you're absolutely right. The <laughs> Yeah, you are, you're right. The The idea that, oh, like, for example, I think to myself now, I don't work long hours anymore. But actually, I start at quarter past seven and there's sometimes I'm working on interviews with guys over in America and I'm still working at 9 p.m. at night, 10 p.m. at night. But I actually feel as if I'm not doing that much work, and you've absolutely nailed it there. We still do the 10, 15-hour days, <laughs> but it's not work, is it? We're just having a good time. You're not yeah, Exactly. It's not work in the definition that everyone else sees it, and you kind of takes you along. It, the path is long and winding to get to that point, but the whole point of what we're talking about now is that that path can be a lot shorter and a lot more direct and a lot easier if you just recognize the benefit of um, investing in some systems and putting that process in place. Do you know what? A great tip. Um, a guy we spoke about earlier, Daniel Wagner, who excellent business coach that I've worked with um, um, for the last 12 months or so. He said to me, you know what? I said, you know, oh God, I'm having this real problem. I can't just get the blood, get the system, nearly swore then, get the system written. I just can't do it. He said, well, why don't you just hire a temp? I went, what do you mean? He said, well, hire a temp to write down everything you do. I went, well, what do you mean? He said, just get the, hire a temp to sit and write down 
everything you do, describing your processes as you go. So as you do your drawing, as you do your calculation, as you do your project management, as you set your checking process, as you do your invoicing, whatever it is, you just describe it out loud as you're doing it and they write it down and that's the first basis of your process and then you can start just to get in the thing started structured then it's the first the first process document you've got there great little tip get someone in write it down and then you can start and then you can read it tweak it and then you can start giving it to your staff or form it the basis of staff training systems or whatever it is but you know it's just a way of doing it that's actually a really... I digressed, sorry. No, that's fantastic. Oh, I was just going to say, that's... <laughs> the simplicity of that is ridiculous, but the effectiveness of it is also ridiculous. That's really, really good. Do you know, I would have never thought of doing that, and I don't know why, when you paint it like that, it's, well, obviously, why would I not do that? It's a hit, your f- hit the palm of your hand against your forehead type of moment. It's like, of course, just do it. Because there's no commitment, no risk. You're getting a temp in for a week. Just write down everything I do. Spend three days copying everything I do. You plan your work schedule in those days to do all the stuff you need. Like as many diverse tasks, do them all once. They copy everything you do. Spend two days formatting those documents that you've done for me. Put it all together. And at the end of the week, you've paid a temp for a week to write the first version of your systems. Boom. Done. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And actually, that brings us on fantastically to the now semi-famous, we will get to famous one day, excellent expected (laughs) actionable takeaways section. So Ben, I know you have put some time into working on three simple steps to becoming more effective through systemization for those guys out there that want to really get started as a small business owner. So what have you got for the guys listening? Okay, so number one, Rather than think, at what stage do I need to get on with this? What stage should I do it? When should I start employing these systems? Now. Now is the right time. And if you can't do it right now, oh, what about now? Because that's when you should be doing it. And if I, if I could do, take my time again from when I started my business, I would, have, I would have done things that geared me up ready for the first person joining the company. And I would have employed those systems from day one. Um, so that's the most simple thing. Take away, just start now. It's it's important. Bring it to the top of your list. Don't procrastinate on that point. Think, how can you do it? I love that. Just dig in, get it done. And even if you need to, <laughs> hire a temp. Right, you've heard it, right? Eat that frog. One of the best Brian Tracy books ever he's ever written. Just do it now, straight away. Um, so number two, I'd say... I. <laughs> This, this has no real um, logic to it, I guess. No, no, logic's not the right word. No real technique. It's just what I found. And the thing is, number two, is identifying areas that you can systemize in. Um, and this is based on, so just based on my own experience, I broke them down into three points. Three points. Income generating tasks that can make you more profitable and enable the actual service that you do to become more efficient and more uh more efficient and more time time efficient what's the word i'm looking for and maintain a certain level of quality so the income generating tasks is one area the next stuff is the things you don't like doing focus on those get them off your work schedule get them out of your to-do list let someone else take care of them and the third one is the things on the outside of your expertise or the periphery of your expertise Focus on a system, get someone in to do it, let them do a system for you, um, and 
focus on those areas first because that will then free you up to do the stuff that you really like or are really good at. So that's number two. Identify the um, the places where you can systemize. So number three um, is is the use of uh, use of leverage leveraging various systems to systemize, if you like. Um, this might seem like a bizarre concept, and I guess the best way to um, talk about that is maybe give you an example. Would that be all right? Of course, yeah. Go for it. Okay, so we in, within 48.3, we just we work nationally. So I'm going to have to give you a little bit of background just to give this some context. We work nationally across the UK. We've got different people based uh, across the UK, so we have to be relatively flexible. So the introduction of like cloud technology and online project management software really came at a, a good time for us. So we were able to systemize our project management structure, our quality assurance process, and our service delivery through using online project management software to do all that stuff and use that online project management software to systemize each one of those tasks. So we, at 48.3, use a program called Teamwork. We looked at a few others, I mean, many, lots of people have heard of Basecamp. That's another good one. Um, our mutual friend Gavin uses that. We did, uh, went for teamwork because it just seemed to fit our business operation better. Um, I mean, I think it's particularly designed for kind of creatives like yourself and um, developers and that kind of industry where people often build, um, have lots of collaboration from people in different places, but that really worked nicely for us. And it enabled us to define our system for project management, um, the way, the order in which we do specific tasks, the hierarchy of tasks, what must be done first, what the, the level of service delivered at each in each task within teamwork. And that is accessible across our, anywhere you are on, online. And it enabled us to really create a great system that wouldn't have been possible before until that technology and that online service became available. So that's one example. And the other one we use, um, we use box.com, which is for everyone else. It's just like Dropbox. You may or may not have heard of it, but it's a great product. Um, not that I'm on commission for it or either of these, but maybe I ought to be. Um, <laughs> and we, we use it for all our, all our cloud storage. So, we use Box to then create a document management and document control system, um, which in our particular industry, in the world of construction, document control is, is really, really important because you have to keep records of the various changes and um, processes that go on within the design stage. And then also once the design stage is finished and that design is being implemented on a construction site somewhere or, or the construction, say, of a scaffold runs into problems and they need a design change, there needs to be a really robust process, a document control process in place to enable um, enable that to work properly to industry best practice. And we used Box to enable us to do that and write um, a kind of a hierarchical system that allowed us to manage our documents access to our documents and use them in a really cool way and again that would never have been possible i suppose we could have used dropbox um you know that's been around quite a while now i guess since the birth of the iphone pretty much hasn't it that's been around a while but yeah that those two are really good examples that have worked for us use technology to systemize leverage new technologies to systemize 
it works a treat. You don't just have to stick to the um, posting notes around your monitor screen. You can actually get a use some you know use some technology to do that for you and remind you and things like that. So I think that would be my third tip: make use of the things around you and the things that are actually available already. Super stuff. I think that's really a really strong roadmap as well for anyone that's out there worried about systemization and actually recognizing that they probably do need it. And it's always the getting started, isn't it? It's always this big deal. And it's it's really about what's the first step that leads to the next step that leads to the next step. And I love the idea of, look, identifying where could I actually systemize? Where do I spend most of my time? And what could I potentially outsource or bring staff members in to do that would make me more profitable and more right. effective. And then right. just, go on, sorry. Absolutely. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I just wanted to reinforce what you're saying. The simplest system is just a, a list of things, you know, a list of numbered bullet points on a sheet of A4 paper, right? A task list of things to do and order in which to do it. That's the simplest form. And you can do that. If you write it down, put it on the wall, this is the way you do it. Bang, you've started. I love that. And just the fact that it is just that, look, just... Just do it. Don't keep it to yourself. Just do it. Think of it as a system and you will actually become more used to trusting that system. You know, you will, I mean, we've all had the sleepless nights. We've all stayed up late emailing. We've all stayed up late doing the work and thinking, right, what have I got on tomorrow? But if you start to systemize this out, if you actually start to just create step one, prioritized to-do list stuck on your office wall, you know that you can go to bed that night knowing full well that you will just come into the office the next day and smash that day. You will take that day back. And Absolutely. I, I love that. I think that's really important. I so. mean, you know, you're a Mac user, right? There's a great little app on there called Wonderlist. Fantastic little to-do list app. And I use that um, every day. I manage my hierarchy of tasks. I've got my, as Brian Tracy would say, my big frogs up first that I'm going to eat in the day. And I get on with it. And I, I've got it broken down. I'm going to do this first. And that next, that next, plan my day out, get through it, have some spare time at the end for the you know for the little things that crop up during the day. But just utilizing that bit of technology to per- create a to-do list. Bang, I've, got, I've systemized that. And uh, the irony is that we I then think, you know, all our guys in the office use Wonderlist. At the end of the day, we have five minutes. And our system is that for productivity is that for five, ten minutes at the end of every day, they must focus on what they're going to do the following day. So they don't walk in and procrastinate. They walk in and get straight on with it. Um, and that's written into our daily work system that they plan the next day. Just an example, but it's just, you know, keeping how the system can make you better. And that's only a small, very, very small working tweet, but so, so powerful because, as you say, you come in the next day and you, you immediately are effective. You don't have that, oh, absolutely. you know, I mean, you're that, not sitting back, are you, wondering what that's to do? A, yeah, personal time management thing, but it's just where they overlap, dovetail beautifully. So you can you can do it, and you can you can apply it to so many different areas, Mark. I mean, and it, and it does, it makes things quicker, it makes you more effective, it allows quality, it creates consistency, and it enables the lowest person, the lowest denominator within your team to do that task. And you know what? When someone... Yeah, there's something really cool about this as well, right? Often the people at the bottom of the pecking order in a business, let's say, may struggle with self-esteem, they might struggle with motivation, they might struggle with confidence. When you give them the tools to do something really important that the company needs, they feel absolutely great. You feel great, they feel great, everyone's winning. 
because they actually you give them confidence they feel important you know and they come in thinking i'm making a difference today that's just incredible that's brilliant you know but that's what that's how you get the best one of one of the ways of getting the best out of your staff yeah, I love that, and that that actually echoes the sentiments of of Doug Richard that we published uh, published on on the podcast episode ten of the podcast was Doug Richard, and he he said a fantastic thing, which was all around self esteem and the idea that actually a lot of people that don't achieve it is really down to self esteem. It's not a lack of talent, and he said confidence starts with competence, and that's exactly what you've just become an evangelist for. There, I think that's really really powerful. Great quote. Clever guy, absolutely. I'm looking forward to listening to that uh, podcast. I mean, he's he's got to know of anybody, right? He's got vastly more experience than us, and if he's saying it, then awesome. Yeah, there must be something in it. Well, Ben, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. It's um, it's really good to see that you've done so well and, and that you continue to develop as a business. So thank you so much for joining me. One thing I will say, Mark, if you there's not that many Ben Beaumonts involved with scaffolding, and if people, you know, want to connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter and ask me a question or ask me anything about this, I'm more than happy to help them. I'm a big believer in the in the uh, in, in giving just giving your time up for free. You know, you've got to help other people. And if anyone wants a question, anyone wants to ask, wants to connect and have a chat about that, and maybe just how we can help or how we've done it, then you know, we're always here, and that's no problem. So. Always, uh, yeah, always good to connect with like-minded people and actually just share the wealth, isn't it? So actually, one of the things I do like to ask people to do is just tell people where they can find you online. So where, where can they find you, actually? Um, okay, so my Twitter handle, personal Twitter handle is at Scaffold Design. My LinkedIn profile is whatever the domain for LinkedIn is, forward slash Scaffold Design. Um, I'll company website is www.483scaffolddesign.com so um they're where we generally are we've got a facebook page as well and we've got a google plus page and you know the usual stuff but if you um if you there's there's no one else with 48.3 scaffold design so if you google that you'll you'll eventually find me and the rest of our team and yeah by all means get in touch and we'll be happy to help Thank you so much. And check it out, guys. Do head on over. As Ben says, give 48.3 Scaffold Design a Google or shoot Ben up on Twitter and I'm sure he'll be happy to chat. Once again, sir, thank you very much. You're most welcome. Thanks to you guys for listening. It's uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And, and when it's something like this, which is around personal development and business development, I think we all get something from it. So thanks for joining us for this episode. And if you would like a copy of the show notes where I will put all the links as usual and all of the things that we've spoken about today, head on over to excellence-expected.com. And don't forget, whilst you're over there, you can pick up a free copy of my ebook, which is the 14-Day Essential Guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. That is a freebie, so give it a go. You might like it. And if you're feeling generous, nip on over to iTunes and leave us a review. That's always helpful. Thank you. Until next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.